Coach Carvey, and you're not Kristen. No. <laughs> no. Sorry to not. disappoint, man. If you are, you, you need to hit that razor a little yeah. bit, girl. Been <laughs> letting myself go. How the hell are Kristen. you guys? I'm fine. Carly? <laughs> I'm great. Well, Jake? I'm glad no to be back. No complaints here, brother. Good, good deal. Good deal. It's good. Good to be back. Good to be with yes. you guys again. Jake, welcome back. Yes, yes. Welcome it's back, sir. Thank you. It's been it's, a while. Yeah, it has been. It's been too long. You want, you want to give an introduction? Nah, everybody knows who Jake is. Let's do one more time for the people <laughs> well, that don't. Uh, first timers. Yes. Oh, we got first timers. Yeah, yeah, yes, I'm just yeah. a guy. He's just a guy. Introduce. Do your introduction. Right. Anyways, welcome back to D Line Sports. Today we are honored with a special guest, Jake Arthur, from the Indianapolis Colts. He's a journalist. He writes some fantastic stories yes he does about the team what's going on thank you thank you uh i live and die on every one of your words i don't i don't believe (laughs) 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 anyways coach start us off what do you you want man where there's been so much going on this week this has been this has been a yeah it's been a a Uh, big week in sports tragic week Uh, well i I don't Uh, sorry get to that sorry sorry we'll we'll save that for later um but i mean we're you want to talk about the Pacers first? Oh, yeah, we could talk Victor about the Oladipo You want to hold back? that up? Huh? Hold that up. So, but, everybody, yeah. as you can see. That, last night? Last night, Victor Oladipo came back. That was his first game back off from his injury. And uh, you watched the game last night, correct? Yeah, yeah I watched Yeah, so watch the game. So, I mean, on my intake on the game, he looked good. I mean, he had to get back into the flow of the game, but I think he looked pretty good. And especially – Fourth quarter when we was down by three, and he hit that three-point clutch shot. Oh, oh man. Going to and you, that was the, fantastic. The, the arena was so quiet. And when he hit that, it just exploded right there. That was It was exciting to hear hearing everybody chant his name when they brought him off the bench. Yes, yes. It was, I, I was like, why aren't they starting him? And then I was like, okay, there's that moment. Yeah, because so, they, what they're going to do is 24 minutes. They're going to they give him six minutes each quarter. So they're going to do it close at the end of the, the game. So. Okay. So that's why. So they, they say they're just going to slowly, slowly increase his workload. Yeah, so they're going to slowly they, – what they're going to do is 24 minutes, but he's not going to play. Like when the Pacers have back-to-back games, the, uh, they will not have him play the second game because they just, they don't want to rush him. But right after the uh, – Rush side, him? He's been out for two years. I know, but you <laughs> but you got – Nice came like rushing back in. I, I got a few more chrome strips going. But he's still playing. Three, three His body's got to get reacclimated. I've been right. Though. And so what they gonna do yeah. is wait till after the All Star break, and after the All Star break, they're gonna reevaluate him and see where he is, and then move forth with that. So. I'm glad he's back though. He's he's a high powered player. He's fun to watch. Yes, yes, he is. I uh, was really concerned that he's going to come back and he's going to be like a shadow of what he used to be. I was like, oh, please. please. I can't I can't take it. He come out there and one of the first plays was a, an assist. Yes, exactly. And he had so much zip on the yes. ball. It was, everything was right where it needed to be. He was seeing everything. Well, hasn't he been working with the um, semi-pro league up in... Uh, the Mad Ants? Yes, he has been. He, league? Yeah, G League. G League. G League. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, the G League, he has been working with them, and they are – like, he's been practicing with them, not playing actual games, but practicing right. with them. And he's also been practicing with the Indianapolis Pacers here. But, like like I said, this is the first official full game coming he, back. He looked good. And he looked good. I mean, at first his jump shot wasn't crisp like how you want to, 
But last shot, because I mean, he was like one for five, one for six on three point. But him tacking the basket, being quick, and playing yeah. good defense, that's the same on Victor Aldipo that we've seen. Because everybody was kind of skeptical, like, does he still have his speed? But he does. So, which is pretty cool to see him going back to his. Awesome. Glad he's back. Yes, I, 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 I love hey, it. And we've, we've got a tough Pacer squad yes. without him. And now yeah. we've got him back. Him and Brogdon. It's, it's, he's on. only going to help. It's, it's going to be like picking – to me, I, I heard someone describe it as, as it's going to be like we picked up a, an all-star in the, at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're absolutely right. I mean, yes. you got a two-time all-star he, coming back, leader of the team. Fresh legs. I'm, yeah, woo-hoo. fresh legs. Yeah. Our bench is so – deep right now it's just it's so scary because first we got two closers we got brogdon and Oladipo, and yeah. then you got tj warren that's right now leading the pacer and scoring Sabonis is putting up a, a average double double every game miles turner time to time he does his thing that's just the starting five then we got jeremy lamb justin holiday aaron holiday yeah, we got the holiday uh, brothers look yes uh doug sure. mcdermott tj mccall you know, it's just it's, it's silly. It's 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 crazy. Like, what do you do? Like, even our bench could be a starting five. So that's why I like our bench right now. They're, they're definitely fun to watch. Well, you want to get into some Super Bowl stuff? Because because once we once week? yes, because once we once we release Jake, we're not we're not pulling away from right. Colts talk. Oh, you, so you can talk get, all your Pacers. Get, you want. get 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 all your other sports stuff out of the way, and then we're going to release Jake. We're going to unchain the beast here because let, let's let's preview let's preview the Super Bowl. Okay. Let's. All right. It's gonna be, coach. It's it's gonna mm-hmm. be one of the better ones we've seen in a while. I tell you, I'm I'm very excited this year. Probably, I'm probably more excited about this Super Bowl than I've been maybe since '09 when the Colts were in it right. with the Saints, because just the 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 offensive juggernaut that is the Kansas City Chiefs facing this defense that, that San Francisco is presenting to everybody. You got good coaches on both sides. It's I think it's going to be a, a great mm-hmm. matchup. We I think we got a hell of a game to look at. I think. The beginning of the game, 49ers defense is going to shut them down because they're that strong, they're that good. But I think by series three, maybe second quarter. You're not going to hold them down the whole game. Kansas City is going to make their adjustments and just eat them up. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a blow-away game. I don't think it will be a blow-away game because 49ers have an offensive threat as well. But I think there's just there's just too much, too many weapons that Kansas City can deploy at any given moment, and they can adjust pretty daggum fast. And we've yeah. seen them do it twice in the playoffs, being down big point numbers. Well, I, th- I think you you look at a lot of things that are involved with the Super Bowl, and you look at the matchups too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is Kansas City, Kansas City's offensive line going to match up with? The front four from San Francisco. Yeah, it's gonna be it's it's that's that's the that's the question right there. What what do you think, Jake? I mean, um, I think there is probably a pretty good chance that San Fran's defense kind of sets the tone early on. I could definitely see that happen. Seems like in these big games, those those really good defenses show up first to the party. Um, That being said, I do like. Patrick Mahomes is coming on at some time. You know, I, I don't know if it's going to be right away, but, like, 
how do you not have confidence that that's coming at some point? Um, I think at some point it probably will start to get, you know, a little high scoring. Uh, the Saints and 49ers earlier in the season had a really high scoring affair. I don't know that it's going to be like that, but uh, as good as San Francisco's defense has been throughout the season, they haven't completely shut down everybody. Yeah. Those really good offenses have been able to do some things. Baltimore, um, Baltimore worked them over pretty good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, number one offense in the league, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then – uh, I don't know about – I'm still I don't, I'm still not sold on Kansas City's defense. I mean, I know they've got some pass rush, this yeah. and that. But when you've got a guy like Raheem Mostert who has been incredible in such a small sample size, you really don't know what to expect. And for, first guy ever, if I'm not mistaken, with 200 yards and four touchdowns in a playoff game. So that's that says something. That's – First time in NFL history. Well, he was a, how, he was a much, Purdue grad too, right? Yes. Purdue, yeah. How much of that do you think was Kyle Shanahan's game plan, and how much of it do you think was oh, him Shana, as an individual? Yeah. Shanahan is is an offensive genius. He's the Shanahan family got kind of known for their zone running scheme, but Kyle actually had he'll use any running scheme. Oh, he'll he'll, he'll yeah. start out with with zone and then mix in, you know. It, he he will bring everything to the table. Well, there was a so, big mix yeah. of he was he was going to the power sweep. Yeah, a lot in that game. It was I think four or five times they ran it to either the right or the left, mm -hmm. and you could see it. It was it was like the 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 classic. I guess it's kind of ironic. It was kind of the classic Green Bay power sweep yeah. where they were they were hitting the edge and then taking the alley right up right he, up the seam. Yeah, he he's one guy who won't be without a fullback. And so that's a lot of their, their power game and those sweeps. You can get Kyle Juszczyk out there pulling yeah. and clearing, clearing the lanes. George Kittle is, is oh, arguably the best run blocking blocking. tight end mm -hmm. in the league. Yeah. Uh, that, this is actually a, a great matchup of uh, the two best tight ends in the league. And not only are they good pass catchers, but it's the two, the two, best, two of the best blocking tight ends as well because Kelsey's a, fla a flashy guy but he's a, he's become a pretty good blocker as well mm -hmm. well it's so. funny because the the they're kind of contrasting styles mm -hmm. and, and it's it's funny to say that coming out of tight end uh, uh, the tight end position because yeah. the the way that that position has changed over the years they've turned into like a, a hybrid wide receiver more than they are an actual end of the line blocker mm -hmm. but we've kind of got a throwback with Kittle a little yeah. bit. He's like a Bavaro type. Yeah, almost, you know? yeah. So that's it's it's interesting. I think it's going to be really fun to watch. I agree. Who would you credit the first hybrid tight end? Shannon Sharp? Yeah, probably Shannon Sharp. Yeah, that's I, what I was so. saying. The first, big, the first big time one. Yeah. And then I would go into Dallas Clark area. Tony Gonzalez. Yeah, don't forget about Tony now. <laughs> once once Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates started to become kind of in vogue, that's when, that's when you know, Gronk <laughs> is not was not quite that. But then, guys like Eric Ebron become, you know, they're they're looking for those guys to be the next big thing. There was There's a period of about five years where they're like, we got to get a basketball this. player. Yeah, exactly, a basketball <laughs> yeah. player. This next stretch joker tight end that can be a mismatch that oh, became pretty in vogue for a while well without going too far into releasing jake um let me bring up moss 
out of LSU. Randy Moss's awesome. son. Man, he's, that dude. He's very, he, to, he hasn't me, had he's, huge stats, but he's, every time he I watched him play, Joker tight end. He's yeah, impressive. And he can block too, though. That's yeah. that's a big boy, and he he'll get physical and he can block. You you can't play for Ed Orgeron and not be a physical player. Yeah. So he's no, no yeah. joke. And know who your dad is, so you, so you know you got to you know he's yeah. gonna push you. you <laughs> he's gonna push you. <laughs> so, yeah. So right. so who do you right. go ahead, Carver? Right. So who do you think is gonna come out on top on this Super Bowl Sunday? I don't want to get into that just yet. Not just yet. I mean, did, can't have your pudding before I'm you just curious. I'm meat. sorry. I'm just. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, I mean, really. So, so, so. Do you see? Do you see San Francisco trying to do something similar to what they did against Green Bay, or do you think that they're going to bring that back and try to keep pace, mm. and and maybe shoot it out a little bit more it's, with with Garoppolo? It's tough because I think you got to look at what they're going to try and do defensively. But there's no one there's there's no one plan of attack that really stops Patrick Mahomes. And plus you've got Andy Reid who can scheme up anything also. Because this is a matchup of two offensive geniuses at head coach too. Um, man coverage, zone coverage, Mahomes will, will win in any scenario. So it's really hard to tell what they're going to try and do. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what what they're what they're gonna try to do on that one. Because I think, ask me what yeah. kind of game plan they expect from 49ers, go back and watch that Baltimore game. That's probably the closest. Baltimore thing. is yeah. gonna be the closest thing that they're gonna see all year long. What Patrick Mahomes, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> can do on the field, and they were successful against Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I don't I, I can see him changing some things up. But scheme-wise, I'm thinking it's going to be pretty close to that game plan against Baltimore, what they're going to bring to Kansas City. Well, I know. I, I personally think if, if I were Kyle Shanahan, I would want to keep Mahomes in the pocket as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Because to me, I think if once he gets outside the pocket, it's not so much that he's scary that he's going to run away on you and, and take over the game with his feet. But once he gets outside the pocket, he's dangerous. coverage starts to break down. Yeah, and he has special playmaking ability outside yeah. the pocket. And yeah. and then when you look at his receivers between Watkins and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, those guys are going to find a way to get open if you give him a little bit of time. And he will if there's a receiver open, Patrick Mahomes is going to find And don't he have a better passer rating outside of the pocket? Yes. He versus he does That's inside of the pocket. That's where a lot of his pocket. downfield chunk plays come from, yeah. is outside. So I wouldn't be surprised. So I think I think if if you look at their their best bet I think at getting after Mahomes they're just to me slow rush him don't blitz contain yeah can and contain him go back to your fundamentals yes yes contain 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 when when the Colts beat Kansas City in Week Five they were bringing constant pressure on Mahomes uh, they played a lot of man coverage in that game. Mahomes' ankle was pretty banged up, so he couldn't. He wasn't as mobile as he could be. Um, but the Colts' pass rush was killing it that game, and they dominated on the ground offensively. Yes. So they kind of kept it away from him. He wasn't on the field very much in the second half. No. I don't, I don't think. No. No. So I mean, we know San Francisco can run the ball. 
it's it's a pretty obvious game plan, you know, keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, but running the ball on on offense and then having D Ford and 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 Nick Bosa and those guys coming Shut after man. him on the other side. That's how you beat him, but that's so much easier said than done. Yes. I agree. Now, you mentioned um, Kansas City's defense and that you're not trusting them. And I agree up to a point, Jake, because we've seen them be very lackadaisical on the field. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the season, man, they've tightened everything oh, up. Oh, they Their definitely have. played much better. Yeah. has been looking great to me. I'm like, man, where are these guys coming from? Mm -hmm. Why ain't they been playing like us all year long? You know, you could have another potential 16-0 and 0 team. So, yeah. I, they're, they they're getting hot at the right time. Yes. yes. Their defense and that's what you're supposed is. to do. That's what you're supposed to do, get hot at, at the close to the end. Yeah. So, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It, it's it's going to be very very entertaining. I two, think two fresh teams like oh, yeah. no one's tired of these two teams. You know. Well, I'm not oh, a big 49er. And maybe that's that's well, wrong. Well, they haven't had success like that since the 90s, and that's so okay. we can let them. That's okay. <laughs> and maybe that's where all the maybe that's why I'm so excited about it is because okay, so it's been 50 years since this team's been in there. I was yeah. I was kind of a. I was kind of a half-ass 49ers fan back in the day because when I was a little kid, Jerry Rice. the Colts were so bad. Oh, yeah. They were so bad. You had to have then. someone to root for. So, so you know, as soon as the season was over, you still had four more games at least of root for somebody. So, why not root for the best team at that point? And it was the, the 49ers. Well, that's why you always have a backup team. <laughs> not now. I can't do that now. Back then, I was a little kid. I could do that. But I can't get away with that now. Adults don't do that. Yeah, I do. Say, say, say it again one more time. Say adults again. don't do that. Thank. If you didn't hear him, adults don't do that. That's what I want to say. If that. if you have more than one favorite team, I cannot respect you as a sports fan. I didn't say a favorite team. I said a backup, Whoa, a backup look, team. So what, what, who said we're talking about you? Feeling guilty I, I over there? You guys are talking about. I wasn't. Because you know I got a man crush on Mahomes. <laughs> we know. Yeah. We know. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, he's, I, he's, I want, I want the Chiefs to win he's, badly. You see my cereal oh, up there? My Mahomeos? Yeah. I'm proud of that box, baby. I'll, I'll be with you on that. I, I want him to win badly. You I got know. nothing against the Niners. I mean, they. I, earlier I said they haven't had success since the 90s. They were in it in 2012. Right, with um, um, Kaepernick yeah, and but, uh, uh, Jim Harbaugh. I, it wouldn't hurt my feelings to see the 49ers win, but I really want to see Mahomes win a Super Bowl. I do too. So, so if uh, Mahomes win – do you think that dynasty has just begun right there? It's possible. I don't or think if, so. Or if the 49ers win, do you think the dynasty is about to start there or something? Um, I don't know if it's a dynasty. Are you talking about 49ers or Chiefs? It's 49ers or either or, whoever wins. Um, I, don't, I don't know because – so the the Patriots are our most recent example of a dynasty, and they just right. feasted on – a. A largely terrible division for 15, 20 years. Exactly. Like, how did that division never come up to threaten them? I don't understand that. That's not how it is anymore. I mean, maybe the maybe the AFC for the next 10, 15 years is Chiefs, Ravens. Hopefully, a team like the Colts comes in there, right? Because um, you know it was it was Patriots, Steelers, basically for yeah after Peyton uh, went to Denver, it was. You know, it's been those two teams primarily. Yeah. yeah. Um, the 49ers have Russell Wilson to compete with in their own division. Um, 
Cardinals if, if are the, coming up. Yeah, exactly. Rams. If the Cardinals can come up with with around Kyler Murray, so I I think the product in both conferences is going to be better. Okay. I think both teams will be good regardless, um, especially the Chiefs as long as they have Mahomes. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know if it'll be dynastic. Dyna- okay, I see what you're saying. I think they'll be always be good. Okay. But I don't know if they'll be dominant. So if like they that. if they repeat either or team say they do it again next mm-hmm. year and them two teams go to Super Bowl. We got to start bringing up dynasty. If if you go back to back, you have to. Okay, you have to make- have the conversation okay. for sure. I just want to see. Yeah. Well, and uh, when was the last time a team won back to back? Was it? New- did New England ever do it back to back? I don't know. Um, I can't remember. I don't know that they ever went back to back. I know they went to back to back Super Bowls, but I don't know if they ever yeah. won back to back. Oh, it seemed like they were in the Super Bowl every year in the last five years. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but, well, yeah. That's going to come back to bite us because it's probably something obvious. Yeah, yeah. So, somebody <laughs> will say something, I'm sure. But. Somebody will tell us. So, to move on, we're let's talk about our Super Bowl predictions. And okay, Super Bowl prediction. Good handle, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with the 49ers. I'm going with the 49ers, like you was talking about earlier, right? It's a great defense versus a great offense, correct? Mm-hmm. End of the day. Okay, because the 49ers defense is spectacular. The Chiefs offense, spectacular. Now, let's flip the coin. The 49ers offense versus the Chiefs defense. Who's got a stronger upper hand right there? I'm going with the 49ers. Because their defense, don't be around the uh, Chiefs defense, they're good. But they're not the 49ers defense. You know, they're not, yeah. like, spectacular. And I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to show up and show out. And like I was talking to Pat earlier this week, you know, they don't have superstars on that team they have role players mm-hmm. and role players that's where they come and do their job and it's going to be like wow where do these people come from like you know Kittle he's going he's going to have an excellent game the run they're going to do a good job of running on him watch they're going to have over 100 yards or plus on the running game they're going to run all over Houston that's my prediction so 49ers I'm sticking with my Mahomes <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're crunchy all day long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just, man, it, to me, like I said at the beginning when addressing San Francisco's defense, I do think they will come out. I do think they'll dominate the first part of the, ha- uh, of the game. But I think Kansas City will adjust, and they've got just too many weapons. Because you can keep Patrick Mahomes off the field all you want. You take him down from what? Is the average like uh, 12? How many possessions in a game? Roughly about that. Yeah. yeah. You can take him from 12 to 8, and he's still going to score seven of those eight times. Yes, yeah, good possibility. You see what I mean? Yeah. And so that throws that theory of keeping Patrick Mahomes off the field mm-hmm. away because he's still going to score on you. It's about efficiency. So I just <laughs> – just too many weapons and and too many great scheming possibilities that you can do against San Francisco's defense. Okay. Now, I, I was going to say, I, I think this is going to roll out very similar to how uh, Kansas City played against Tennessee. 
Right. I think if San Francisco captures the lead early and they can dictate the pace of the game and hold on to that lead, I think obviously they're going to win. But I think if at any point during the game Kansas City gets up on them, I think, I think San Francisco is going to be in trouble. So you're saying that whoever gets the lead pretty much got it because, like you said, 49ers are known. They can contain the lead. I, I, th I, think, I think San Francisco has to play with the lead. I don't think Kansas City does. See, I agree. I don't, I don't think San Francisco is really, be, really built to play from behind. Yeah. yeah. I think if, if – and I heard one of their players say it last week against Green Bay <laughs> that they had to earn the right to rush, rush the passer. And that's, that's something that San Francisco is going to have to do all day. So that means they have to play with the lead. Mm -hmm. Because if Kansas City can sit back and be balanced and run the ball and throw their little screen passes and control the tempo a little bit on offense instead of having to try to go get big chunk plays, then I think Kansas City will have the advantage. Mm. You know, and, you're and, still on and the that will keep. You got to get one will, or the other. Oh come on! I'm, put, I'm, I'm putting it down <laughs> supposed, on you. I'm supposed to be the vague guy. No, over no, no, no. Get, All right, so <laughs> this is prediction time. I, re I really do think Kansas City's going to win this, and I'm saying that mostly because I want Kansas City to win it. Because I, like Jake said, I I want to see Patrick Mahomes get get one. You've been eating some of my Mahomeos, haven't you? <laughs> I, want, I want to see him get one. He's he's likable. He's somebody I can get behind as a as a player. He's he's an all star and he acts like an all star. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, I think it'll be a close one. I don't think either team's really going to run away with it. But I will say the Chiefs. Um, I think this is a matchup we finally don't have to have a, a love hate like we don't have to root against a team fueled by our hatred against them. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, that's true. Um, I like that. We don't have to be tired of either of these teams. They're both fresh to the Super Bowl in, in recent times. So, um, at the end of the day, we all kind of win, <laughs> as corny as that yeah. is. But I'm, I'm going with the Chiefs. Mm. Right. So, three Chiefs, one Fort Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if either team wins. Yeah, I, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, wouldn't I would more prefer just to see Patrick Mahomes win. I mean, I'm wrong. I like Patrick Mahomes. I really do. Mm -hmm. But my guy on defense, Richard Sherman. I love Richard Sherman. That's my – I think I like Disneyland him. wants Patrick Mahomes to win it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Probably it. so. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. it. So, I'm the only one going Fort United. You will see. That's okay. Come Sunday. Right. How much are you putting down on it? What you, what you trying to you, – you don't want to bet against me. You lost last time. I did. I paid up too, didn't I? Yes, you did. I don't even want to know. I kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> what was our bet? Does Patrick have soft hands? No, what was the – Oh. What did we bet against? Uh, LSU and Clemson. Oh, yeah. National championship game. I took Clemson. Oh. Well, let's, let's, let's go beyond the Super Bowl now. Okay. So, the Super Bowl's over on Sunday. Directly after that, every football fan is going to be thinking about free agency in the upcoming draft. So, release the beast. Yes, here Release we go. the beast. Here we go, Jake. So, our Indianapolis Colts have the 13th pick in the draft. Mm -hmm. And a lot of fans are excited about it. Don't know which direction we're going to go. What would you say the Colts' most dire need is going into next season? 
Um, okay, so going into it, you kind of have to look at the fact that they don't they won't draft just based off need alone. Um, if they're going to draft a player because they need that position, it's going to have to be a critical position, and that player's value has to match that spot. They're not going to force. They're not going to force that pick. That's why you see them trade back so much. Yeah, because they also love draft picks, but they're not gonna. They're not going to draft someone without the value being right there. That said, at the 13th pick, you're still going to have elite-level players there, so you're oh, more yeah. likely to draft a position you need. Um, I think most of your key needs are on offense mm -hmm. right now. Uh, you're kind of waiting to see what Anthony Costanzo says yes, because you can't be without a left tackle. You just can't. Um, this draft – just so happens to have a handful of them available in, in the first round. Um, so I think they'll be okay there if, if they have to do it. Hopefully not. Um, you know, everyone wants to see Anthony Costanzo come back. Mm -hmm. So that, that's kind of your first thing you're waiting on this offseason. You would think they'll probably have an answer by then. Um, I mean, it's still three months away, two, three months away. Um, now but, he's, yeah. he's not a free agent this year, is he? He or is, is he? Yes, he, yeah. okay. he is a free agent. Okay, I couldn't remember. Yeah, because yeah. so we've, we've got quite a few free agents this year. I think seventeen. It's it's quite a bit. They've already addressed a few of them. Um, I f I feel like there was about twenty or so. Uh, but they got Pascal McLaughlin and, and Mo Alley Cox. They re-signed them uh, right after the season. And I would agree. I would agree with re-signing all three of those. Oh yeah, especially McLaughlin. McLaughlin, how he yes. showed up. Um, but no, so you're you're waiting on Anthony Costanza. You're waiting on on that, and then the passing game. Everyone knows it. It just it needs to improve. Uh, the Colts were dominant in the run game, rushed for two thousand yards for the first time since nineteen ninety four. But that passing game just wasn't. It wasn't, it up, wasn't up to par. Yeah. Um, there. Yeah, what's that? You got to point that at injuries. Or quarterback. It's a little bit of everything. Both. I'll say both. Yeah, because your receiving core was decimated by injuries. Yes. Eric Ebron goes out late in the year. Uh, Mo Alley Cox couldn't really be much of a receiving contributor because that dude played through some stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he had like a broken thumb, and I feel like he had some sort of core injury. I don't remember if he had to have surgery on it, but he had two serious things he played through all year. So he couldn't really be the pass-catching threat we thought he might be. T.Y. Hilton misses a good chunk of the year. Paris Campbell, who was going to be perfect for this offense this year, misses nine games, I think. Uh, Funchess goes out, freak accident. First game. First game. Yeah. Uh, Chester Rogers goes out. Really, Zach Paschal was your constant. Zach Paschal and Jack Doyle. Our, our number four guy at Wednesday. Yeah, you love both of those guys, but you're missing a downfield threat, really. That's mm -hmm. why we saw Marcus Johnson became that late in the yeah. year. There's just a lot of factors. I mean, J Jacoby himself had had an injury. Um, it just seemed like there was probably some communication things because, I mean, this, in the second half of the season, uh, a lot of the a lot of the connections he's making are guys he wasn't hadn't been throwing to all year and in training camp and, and all those things. Um, at the end of the day, you do have to roll with the cards you're dealt. So 
there needed to be better production regardless. And I think everyone, especially at this level, everyone's everyone has, has, you know, kind of reiterated that, you know, every team has circumstances they deal with, but you have to perform better no matter what. I can see the timing being off, Mm -hmm. you know, with the exchange of players that hit the field this year, but not to the point to where we had missed so many. Yeah, there were times where you just couldn't flat-out pass in a game, and that that just can't happen. You can't be so one-dimensional because if a team knows you're struggling to pass and then they load the box and shut down your run game, what can you do? So I I have a a question right here. (laughs) Okay, because, you know, do we sign Devin Funches or let him go? I think it just depends on the price because uh, they signed him to kind of a prove-it deal last year, right. which was going to be, you know, if, if you perform well with us, you're probably going to earn yourself a handsome contract. Right. Next offseason, which would be this offseason, mm-hmm. whether it's with the Colts or someone else, well, he didn't play all year, so he's probably going to come on the cheap again, if I had right. to guess. Um Probably at a discount from what we got him last year. Yeah, I don't. I think I don't see why you don't give him another, give him a chance if, if he wants if he wants to come back. Because I mean, at the same time, he was signing on to play with Andrew Luck last year. Yeah, that's alluring. I mean, that there's probably only three, four quarterbacks in in the NFL at that point last year where players are receivers are circling that team. I want to go there, um, but no, nah, it's. So I think when you look at it, because of the uh, depth issues at receiver caused by injuries, and you got a lot of free agents now, Funchess, Enman, Marcus Johnson, Chester Rogers, you have a lot of free agents at receiver now. Eric Ebron, um, it's already been kind of settled. He's probably not coming back. So you're losing a lot in the passing game. So more than anything else, also you need bodies. You need guys who yeah. are even going to play the position let alone you're trying to upgrade that position. You right. need more talent and you need bodies there. So I think they're going to. Receiver is, is almost certainly going to be addressed. Um, do, you, tie, do you feel yeah. like that uh, there are players available in free agency that can fill those roles? Uh, I haven't looked too much at the free agent receivers yet, um, but I think they'd be more inclined to pro- – I mean, I don't know. I I think it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility to probably sign a veteran receiver just because they've kind of shown they'll do that, just yeah. to at least have a dependable guy in there. But this is a very, very good year in the draft for receivers. Oh, good it's, heavens, isn't it's, it? It's, it's really good. So, I, so, so yeah. I kind of went through and did a big board on, on probably my top 100 players. Mm-hmm. And out of the top 100 players, I'll bet a Good twenty of them are wide receivers. Oh, receiver, receiver is crazy. Yeah. See, yeah. see, this is what I'm thinking. All right, because uh, as earlier today we saw that Greg Olson from the Panthers, mm-hmm. they both agreed part ways. Yeah. Do you think the Colts will pick him up as a veteran tight end, play right along with Jack Jack Doyle? That's. It's interesting. I think there's some factors there. I mean, age obviously. Yeah. But you also have to look into. Um, well, would he want to? Yeah, it's it's tough because you know he's not going to be around long, right? And but he is a good locker room guy, mm-hmm. um, so he would fit right into their culture. Um, 
they'll need a pass catching tight end. I mean, Jack yeah. can Jack can catch plenty of passes, right? Um, but he's mostly a chain mover, and you need him to block a lot because yeah. you're you're lose you're probably losing your receiving tight end and Ebron, so you exactly. kind of need that. Yeah, we, don't, Ali we, we won't have that that threat on the yeah because he could he anymore. could stretch the field. Yeah. Um, Mo Alley Cox is to this point it's been mostly a blocker too, so you don't really have a tight end right now that stretches the field. So that's I I don't know. Um, I guess it just depends on how the rest uh, how they feel about the draft class, the okay. tight ends, and how the rest of the free agent pool looks like. Right. Well, and the the tight tight ends are not very deep in this draft. Not not so much. Not not, no. not at all. And and no. I don't think the first tight end goes probably till maybe the third round. I wouldn't take one in the first. I've seen some yeah. forecasted in mocks late in the first. I wouldn't. I'm sure they'll probably be one off the board by middle of the second. If I said mid second, mid or late second, that's where yeah. tight end goes. But speaking of tight ends, uh, Young Moss, Little Moss. Yeah. What do you think he could probably go like sec- second or third round? Or? I I think it's it's a possibility he may be. I don't know, maybe the second or third tight end gone. Second. I think he's he's very good. Mm-hmm. He might be to me. He might be the most dynamic. Like uh, as far as a playmaker goes right. at that position, but I don't know. I don't know if people are going to see him as that complete package as much as some of the other. Well, players. he he does block. I, he I, does. I, yes, he I does. think he's going to get until people really study his tape. Yeah. Uh, because his dad's Randy Moss was a skinny, tall wide receiver who was all flash. They might lump him in and just assume that's kind of how he is too. But he can, he's a big boy; he can block. Yeah, I think if he blows up the combine, he might be locked into the second round. Yeah, he's he's he does, to me of the tight ends. He needs to have a good combine. Yeah, I, I think if he runs four four sixes or better, Sounds has good. a thirty seven inch or higher vertical, and like I don't know. You know, has a low three cone under seven seconds. I was going to say, I want to see his cone drill. I think people really – because yeah. he didn't play much uh, mm-hmm. either at LSU. I, I forget what it was, injury or something. Um, but I think he had a big gap in time there at LSU. So He didn't play at all last year, I don't believe. That, that was yeah. probably what I'm thinking of. But So you've, you've got this guy who's kind of a mystery. He's the son of – Arguably the most talented wide receiver in NFL history. He is very athletic himself. He did very well in the college football playoffs, including the national championship. That's going to skyrocket his yeah. his stock, I think. Yeah, so if he does have a good combine to lump in with that, it's just going to make yeah. his resume better. That's just how it, that's how it goes. Yeah. If, you've, if you've got a mystery guy like that and they blow up the combine, that's just always how it goes. Yeah. Okay, so you had any questions? No. Uh, Okay, speaking of the draft, okay, so uh, like you said, we got the thir- 13th pick. Mm-hmm. Will we go after a wide receiver or do we go for a quarterback um, or something else? So they, have, they haven't said explicitly, you know, what they're trying to improve in the passing game other than they just have to. Um, but when F- Frank Reich and Chris have – primarily Chris have been asked about the passing game and improving it in the mm-hmm. quarterback position. Um, he said if, if they feel there's someone there that will improve their team, they're going to 
they're going to take a look at that. Okay. So I would think quarterbacks very much in play. Um, at 13, I think there's a couple guys you got to look at that if they're still there, that's really like Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if those guys are there at 13, because it looks like they're top 15 locks yeah. right now. You, you really think so? I think so. Um, I think you've really got to look at that then. Um, well, and I, and I look at I, – I feel like we've got three teams ahead of us in the draft that are most likely going to pick a quarterback. Mm-hmm. you got the Bengals. Between the, the Bengals, mm-hmm. the Dolphins, and the Chargers. Okay. Uh, especially after saying they were moving on from Phillip Rivers. Mm-hmm. I think we'll know more after f- the free agency period leading up to the draft because I don't know exactly what the Chargers are planning on doing, if they're going to go after a free agent quarterback or if – to try to win now because of the talent base on that team. Mm-hmm. Or if they're actually going to be like, okay, well, we're starting over and getting a young quarterback. But if you look at it, I think you, you look at the top three quarterbacks. And in my eyes, that's that's clearly Burrow number one. Yeah. Likely to a number two. Mm-hmm. And then the number three quarterback is where you start to have some conjecture between people. And it all depends on what, what you believe there. Right. But I think it's – Eason, Jacob Eason out of Washington, I think would be a good number three guy. But then you go down to the Colts at number 13. All right. Before that, there's, I don't know, maybe two teams that are are maybe quarterback teams. Okay. You got the Raiders and uh, the uh, Jaguars, maybe. I think you got to throw the Lions in there, too. I, I, you I, really believe that? I'll be honest, I agree possible. with you. I've heard I think they're going to throw now, now, see, I, I, I think they're going to stick with Stafford. But mm, I hope they, they stick with Stafford. Well, they very well could. They know what he is. But, um, they gonna, but I think with him, it's age and injuries and mm-hmm. balancing that. Um, if, there's a, if there's a quarterback they really like, they may go in that direction. But Well, here, here's yeah. another question that I have. So – with this, we're talking about quarterbacks now, and I, and I was waiting for this point in the conversation. There's a team that kind of has one of those picks at number four that, that okay, w- which direction are they going to go and what do they really need and what's the value at that pick? So at number four, you've got the Giants. Okay. Not likely going to pick a quarterback. Now – do they go offensive tackle at number four, or can they wait? Do they go wide receiver and maybe go after Jerry Judy or C.D. Lamb at that pick? So they got a playmaker to pair with Danny Dimes. Or do they trade back? And if they do trade back, would the Colts be a possible team that would think about moving up to maybe get into the Tua sweepstakes or – or one, any one of the other quarterbacks other than Burrow. Yeah, so I, I think the draft really kind of starts at three and four with Detroit and the Giants. Um, I don't see the Giants taking a quarterback. I would stick with Dan uh, Daniel yeah, Jones. I for definitely sure. think so. Um, but Detroit, if they're not looking at quarterback, then the value of their pick is enormous. Teams are going to want to hop there, hop up in there to because you got to think it's probably going to be Burrow and then Chase Young one and two. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, you know, Washington not needing a quarterback, that kind of makes them drop back as well. Do, do they 
do they care about picking the best non-quarterback in the draft and Chase Young? Or, you know, what do they want to do? Um, Detroit, if they don't want a quarterback, then they don't have to do – it almost behooves them to move back. Yeah. Giants as well. Um, it would be great if they would get a tackle. But there's – again, this is a pretty good offensive tackle draft. Uh, yeah. There's they, a lot they, can, they could trade back for sure. Um, I don't know that the Colts would trade up that much. I think they've got some ammo to do it, but I think it would leave them really hamstrung in the rest of the draft. Because um, they would have to give up 13. They would have to give up 34. Will it be worth it, though, do you believe? And this is just your opinion. I'm not saying you're speaking for the Colts. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, in your opinion, do you think it would be worth it to maybe get into the the rest of that quarterback draft where you would have the choice of all the quarterbacks rather than just say, uh, we're going to just kind of wait it out? So that's that's tough because I think with, with Tua's hip, that's a lot to give up to go get a guy who you don't know what his hip is like. And we, we've, talked about, we've talked about that quite yeah. a bit, quite too. A few. Quite and a few fouls. Her, Herbert and Jordan Love, they both – they're very – I think they're very close grade-wise. They both, they both have high upside for sure if you can iron things out. I think a coach like Coach Wright could definitely get them where they need to be. Um, personally, I think – um, I, I'm a big Jordan Love fan, but I think Justin Herbert would fit in very well to Frank's offense. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know, man. That's. I but think can, you got can, a lot of teams that are going to be trying to jam pack up into that top five. Yeah. Um, it's going to be competitive, I'm it, sure. It really is because it looks like Miami would be the prime spot for Tua as well. But you're going to have teams – hopping up to number three and number four to try and get him as well. So, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a lot of teams fighting for a few guys. It's And you don't want to just take a quarterback just to take one because that's an important position. Yes. That's like the face I of your agree. franchise. Like, you better be in love with that individual quarterback. You're not taking him just because he's a quarterback. And the Colts won't do that either. Uh, Chris Ballard said as much. He said he's not going to – He's not going to take a position just to take it, even quarterback. Like, it has to be the right guy. Yeah. Um, they, you know, they have to be – they really want their quarterback to be a leader. Um, Jacoby Brissett and Andrew Luck have both been really good leaders, uh, both in their own different ways, but very revered among their teammates. They, there's just a lot of criteria that has to be met. Um, it's tough to say, especially before free agencies even started. It, yeah. We just don't know what the what the rest of the league looks like. Personally, I don't see the Colts moving up. Uh, it's just not. It doesn't seem like Chris Ballard's style. It's it's not. Um, I think knowing what Chris does, I think he would have to be absolutely in love to do it, and that player would have to be guaranteed available. Okay. Now, can we squash something right now? Let's do it. <laughs> Potato head. Who is potato? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Oh. <laughs> not a Philip Rivers guy. No. no. He's Tell like, the Colts world that it, he's not coming here. Is it because he's got a biker's mouth, but like a censored biker's mouth? <laughs> I just think he's me personally. I think Philip Rivers 
his times is, is dwindling down. You know, why I'll get somebody. Oh, of course it is. And you know, why I'll get somebody their time is almost over. I want if you're gonna come in, I want you to get, be still hot, you know, just in your in your prime, not when yeah, you I agree. Washed well, up I, and you're I, done, you know. I think if they get any older quarterback like that, it's just gonna be a stopgap type thing yeah. where they they think they're probably going to pick up someone younger who's gonna have to take time to develop. Um I don't know that I wouldn't be surprised, but I, it kind of a little bit goes against what they normally do. It also depends on how they, what they see their window as right now. Like, do they think they're ready to make a deep playoff, like get back on track and make a deep playoff run in 2020? Because that's when you get a proven veteran quarterback, in my opinion. Right. Uh, that being said, if there was going to be any of these veteran quarterbacks available, Rivers probably fits them better than anyone else. He's already worked with Good. Frank and Nick Sirianni. Yeah, but it would the, be the, the most the seamless last, transition. The, the, the last time Frank Reich worked with Philip Rivers, though, Frank Reich got fired. Well, so. the, the whole staff, the whole staff got fired. Though. <laughs> that's, that's true. Honestly, I I think Philip was really in his heyday with Coach Reich. To be honest with you, he was he was having a few good years there. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, when you when you look at that that older quarterback situation again, so you got you got a whole crew of older quarterbacks coming out this year: Brady, Philip Rivers, Drew Brees. Do you see any of them? I mean, obviously they're moving on from Rivers, but do you see the other two as? Do you think there's any possibility no. that Brees or Brady is leaving their prospective team? Mm, no, nah, I I mean it's. Obviously, free agency has to develop. I, it's hard for me to not picture Breeze with the Saints. Um, I mean, they, they won plenty of games with Teddy Bridgewater when, when Drew Breeze was injured, but Drew Breeze is the Saints. Like, they they were never better this year than when he was back, and yeah. it's, I don't know, it's hard for me to imagine them letting him walk out the door. Brady, that's interesting. I don't know. There's cryptic stuff being tweeted tonight, and mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, that that's that's an interesting question. Um, I just well, if if Brady does, let, let's let's yeah. let's play devil's advocate a little bit. Mm-hmm. If Brady does leave, where would be a good fit for him? Do you think wherever he wants? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, Everybody so was saying. I don't think he's going. So if he if he plays for someone else next year, I think he's going somewhere that's ready to win a championship. I, I think he would only go to a contender, and it would have to be somewhere where they have established veteran weapons on offense for him. I don't think he can keep doing this. Young receivers, they need to learn how to play stuff. Yeah. I think he's going somewhere – so if if he goes somewhere, it's got to be somewhere with weapons. San Diego. The, the Chargers. Yep. Oh. Which would be odd because you're just yeah. swapping old quarterbacks. Yeah. But, I mean, he, <laughs> he, he, he would You're getting there. rid of Potato Head Ima- and imagine, you're So, Brady. Brady performs best in that kind of quick, you know, real quick dump off offense. Him with Austin Eckler. And then Keenan Allen, who's one of the best technicians at receiver in the league. You got yeah. Mike Williams. That would and Hunter Henry at tight end. That would be a great destination for him to go. I think that would be a great fit. If he doesn't sign with um, New England, that's where I see him going. I yeah. think that'd be a great fit because yeah. 
I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they always seem to be a good team, but they just never put the pieces together. I have no idea what it is. Like, it just, there's just always something. Now, they're also consistently one of the most snake-bitten teams when it comes to injuries. I don't know I, – I know a lot of Colts fans always say the Colts are cursed with injuries and stuff, but no team has more important players that gets hurt than the Chargers every year. It does seem so maybe to, that's seem it. to roll that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's going to the San Diego Chargers too. I, that's why – I think that fit yeah, him fit, very well. Yeah, that's yeah. that's where – now, everybody said the Colts, you know, everybody, Destin, Tom Brady going to go to the Colts, but no, nah, I don't see that happening. Eckler would catch 100 balls, I think, if Brady Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. probably would. Yes, yes, I agree. That's his Kevin Falk, his James White. Yeah. He's always had a Danny Woodhead. Yeah, Danny Woodhead. All in one right there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, to get back to the number 13th pick, mm-hmm. so – Aside from quarterback, let's drop quarterback totally out of the, the discussion. The Colts, I, I, I would say probably need – they need help along the defensive front at, at interior defensive linemen and the edge. And you've brought up wide receiver depth mm-hmm. as a possibility. Of Say those three positions. Just name off a player at each – each of those three positions that you think would be a good fit for the Colts and somebody that we should look for in the draft, maybe. Um, so the best receiver who might be available at 13, in my opinion, would be Jerry Judy. Man, that would be fantastic. I think you're looking at him and C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. That's kind of 1A, 1B right there. Yeah, I definitely agree um, with that. To me, C.D. Lamb plays like a slightly taller T.Y. Hilton, yeah. basically. He, he can do a lot of things. Jerry Judy is already an elite route runner. He's very fast. Someone compared him to Marvin Harrison the other day. Someone that, who wasn't even a Colts. Work here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who wasn't even a Colts centric person. I saw that, and yeah. I mean, it's not terribly far off. But that's a big, that's a Hall of Fame projection. But um, so that receiver, that's I think what you're looking at. Best case, also Henry Ruggs, but. Sorry, can't quit naming off names. <laughs> yeah, I, told you it's a, I told you it's a deep receiver class. It, it really is. Um, and then, so at interior defensive line, you're really looking at Derek Brown from Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, that's most people's number one. And then oh, you've got Javon Kenlaw yeah. from South Carolina. He's really raw. You can just see that he's going to be so good on tape. He does. Yeah, very, very high motor, very powerful guy. But he has not – he only started playing football as a junior in high school. So, he's got a lot ahead of him. He's going to be really good. Um, that's who you're looking at, at interior defensive line. And then what What was the other position? Edge. Edge. So, edge is not great right now. Uh, the, you don't really want to be getting an edge at 13. Well, there's A.J. Epinesa. He's probably not going to be like – a He's not going to, like, wreak havoc off the line. I think you're looking at more of, like, a souped-up Jabal Sheard yeah. in A.J. Apanisa. Um, there's Yatur Matos Gross from Penn, from Penn State. State. He's pretty good. He's he's a pretty good pass rusher. I would be more inclined to maybe dip back slightly if you're going to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would put those two defensive tackles 
probably Kinlaw and hard. Brown. Yeah, Sick. I'd be a little more in, inclined to take the two defensive tackles because Chris Ballard also said at his his end of year press conference he said the three technique runs this thing. Yeah, their defense, and uh, they unfortunately just didn't get a lot of production from that this year. Uh, there was more injuries and so forth. So if you can if you can get someone who projects to be like an excellent three technique for them, then their defense could really – it's already a pretty good defense. It could go to the next level. Um, you can never have too many edge rushers. Yeah. Um, Epinesa and Yatura Gross would both be great players. I mean, if they took them at 13, that's fine. I'd be a little more inclined to slink down a little bit later into the teens to try and get them. But that's, that's what you're looking at out of those positions. Now, if it is a situation where they – move up mm-hmm. they're trying to move up into the three maybe four spot what are they going to give up uh so at the very least I, I could tell you about the nfl draft trade value chart that basically puts a point value on every pick but teams all teams all have their own variation of it but you're probably guaranteed to have to obviously give up that 13th pick they have the number 34 pick as well from the Redskins from trading back last year. Mm-hmm. So you're probably giving up 13, Man, 34, and probably pick. next year's number one as well. Whew, that's steep. If you're getting up into the top five, it's it's expensive. So I can't see that happening. Exactly. Well, and, and, right? and, and honestly, I, I would say, by my opinion, there's only probably two players in the top five that I think would be worth that, maybe Burrow and Young. You're probably right, yeah. yeah. I, because most mock drafts that I see at number three, they have the Lions taking Jeffrey Okuda, the corner from uh, from Ohio That's State, also who which I is fine, but it just seems like it's because you have to pick someone there. That's it's yeah. If the Lions don't take a quarterback at three, then I would actually be really surprised if they don't trade back. Because that that's what people want. Yeah. The, the team is going to want to take Tua at number three, or you if they so? love, or if they love Justin Herbert because he's six six two twenty two twenty five. Man, I just you know? I, I don't know with this quarterback draft this year. I think it's really deep, but I think it's I think it's late first round heavy. It's a lot of projections. Yeah, Burrow. Yeah, I think somebody's. I think yeah. you're going to see a couple teams reach. You're probably right. I mean, Burrow is the only guy who you're like, yeah, he's starting day one next year. Herbert probably could. Love has to develop. Tua probably could if he's healthy enough. But you have to you have to look at the prognosis on his hip. Hopefully, by the exhaustive medical testing at the combine, they know more. I would yeah. imagine um, Tua could probably start day one. Love needs time. From probably needs time. Eason probably need. They yeah. all they. There's not many that could start day one. I got, go no, go ahead. I go have a question. Okay, because yeah, I know you're going back to edge rusher, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about the draft. All right, what about in the uh, free agency? Do you see somebody in the free agency if the Colts do reach for somebody as an edge rusher? Who do you no, I, I actually think that's uh-huh. that that would be a better place this year to go get. That's what I was thinking. Instead of You're reaching, right. instead of reaching for the draft draft pick for uh, edge rusher, why not get a free agent, someone that's more experienced, someone that's know what they're doing, that could be like put in in place and ready to go. Which well, is like with Justin Houston. Last yes. Year. Yeah. I I, th- 
There's so a, I, there's a couple that are exciting to talk about, like like uh, mm -hmm. uh, Ngakwe from Jacksonville. Jack what do you think? Of yeah, him? that. So that's got to be the first guy you circle because he's also very young. This is only going to be a second contract. Yeah. Um, he gives the Colts fits every single time you play him. I think that's who you're looking. Him or Clowney? Yeah, um, Clowney. Exactly. I, I saw some rumor about um, Clowney expected to be a, a target from from the Colts. Um, I would definitely be more inclined to go after Ngakwe. Uh, it just kind of depends how much money he's going to command because in free agency, obviously, the price tag goes up. The, the market on every position gets raised through free oh, agency every year. always overpaid. Mm -hmm. Houston was a 29-, 30-year-old defensive end who hadn't had a double-digit sack season since 2014, and they had to give him 12 or 13 mil a year. So Ngakwe's price tag is probably going to be real healthy because he's probably only 25, 26. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on the cost. But if there's a position they're really going to splurge on, I could see Ed Rusher being one of them. Yeah. Because so they, they break up the line into left end and right end. Um, your left end is, you know, Jabal Sheard. Okay. That's going to be more your edge setting guy who can really stop the run. And your right end, like Kamoko Toure, is who they really want rushing the passer. Yeah. They don't get much better from a right end perspective right. than Ngakwe. And to have Ngakwe, Toure, and Banagu there doing that could be nuts. Yeah, well, and, it could be on very top scary. of all, versatile. He could actually drop back into coverage if you need him. Oh, he's an athletic guy. I, but in, another thing, I don't know what Jacksonville's cap room looks like, but uh, I wouldn't let him walk out the door. So there's, there's yeah, a, I don't, yeah. I, I feel I, like I, I heard. I think they tagged him. I looked. He's worth it. Oh, yeah. I, I looked, yeah, but can they afford to tag him? I don't know that he wants it. Uh, players really are not digging that tag so much. Uh, There's no security years. in it. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I think I, – I, I've, I've just seen so many mixed messages on either of those sides mm -hmm. since the season. Um because I think there was that clip of Ngakwe in there, and I think against the Colts he got a sack, and then he looked up at like the the press box area at Jacksonville and said to pay him his money, yeah. look, looking at the Jacksonville front office. So I think he would want to be there, but I don't think he's going to come cheap. Um, they're, they're, I, don't I don't know if you give him a if you got an elite edge rusher, I, you can't let those guys get out the building. Well, let I mean, me ask you a, a, another question about. What's not cheap? Mm -hmm. Getting your heating and your AC fixed. <laughs> what a segue! That is not cheap. <laughs> I know, right? That is not cheap, Jake. It's but very why, why expensive. Don't you, why don't you tell me who's gonna make it cheap for us? I'll tell you who's gonna make it cheap. <laughs> our friends, our friends at Preferred Mechanical. <laughs> so smooth. Nice. Plenty like of room that. under the cap with those guys. Plenty <laughs> of room. Plenty of room and honest service. So if you need your heating or cooling checked out, service, replaced, whatever, call our friends at Preferred Mechanical. Mm -hmm. Eric, go 317. 317-924-4042. Mention D-Line Sports. D-Line. And you get an automatic 10% off your bill. 10%. You're going to get the lowest rates in town lowest. plus 10% off. Ooh. Residential only, not commercial. But they will go to commercial. <laughs> but they will go to commercial, but you won't get that discount. I like that because you hear a lot of sports radio guys be like, 
and tell them so-and-so sent you. And it's like, why? What are, are they just going, <laughs> okay, that's cool. Like, can I get off the phone now? But if you tell them D-Line sent you, that's a discount. Yeah, you're not yeah. just you're not just telling them, hey, you're not going to know what I'm talking about, but so-and-so sent me. They're like, that's cool. Bye. And they you're going to get a discount for mentioning that's D-Line. Right. That's right. We take care of our people. Like Even that. people down in Columbus, Indiana, where I say, hey, call them. They'll take care of yep. you. Nice. They do. They go that far? They will. Yeah. Depending on the size of the job, they might Unless go farther. Unless it's no, they gonna do it for free. They said garbage too pretty. We ain't going in there. No, they they love. They do it for free. But before we go in, let's talk about some of these rumors that's going in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like I hear about Amari Cooper. If they don't sign, if they sign Dak, Amari Cooper is gone. Well, that's that's a crazy one to talk about too. Well, you talk about the Colts needing a quarterback. Yeah, Dak so, Prescott is that is that even a of reality to be able to think that Dallas is going to let him go. I don't, I don't think so. But um, it, quarterback, quarterback is one of the hardest positions to have to find. And you've, you've seen teams like the bears or, you know, the Broncos searching for quarterbacks for years and years and years and years. Miami, Miami. Exactly. <laughs> um, they're, I, they can't let that go. But and if they I, did, I think they've got to find a way to get Cooper and Dak in there. And I think Dak so would too. like to have Cooper back because that's a true number one receiver. And I think Cooper would like to be playing with a quarterback like Dak. So I can't imagine. I mean, they're definitely both not leaving. That can't happen. But I can see where they're both back. I just think that's how it has to go. Unless they, you think out. Cooper would be a good fit with the coach? I think Cooper's a good fit for everyone. Anybody, who has anybody, a good anybody. But do you think? Yeah, do you, but if say somehow, Dak does leave, do you think he'd be a good fit for us? Hypothetically, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think he's someone you can you yeah. can win with. Yeah, he's not. He's not usually the one that loses them games. I I, I think he's a good quarterback. I like I like Dak, not the Cowboys. I'm not sold on it. I like Dak, not the Cowboys. I don't so just put it out there. I think, I think he is. <laughs> I think he's in the top half rather than the bottom half for sure. Yeah, I, agree. I know. Stat, I know stat right, wise. Right now, I'd put him in the top ten. I know stat wise, yeah. I, yeah I in the league right now, yeah, yeah, I'll give him top ten. He's in, in the league right he, now. He's top yeah. ten. He's, just and not he's my a guy. he's a great runner and. He doesn't even need it. I think he's a pretty good passer as yeah. well. Yeah, he, he's a good passer. So. I mean, he he was a fourth what fourth and uh, on Christian's list. He's just not my. If guy. you are watching, <laughs> Christian, I do not care for the Cowboys, but I I respect Dak. Okay, because <laughs> we have this little thing. I don't like the Cowboys. I, I mean, they're they're a love hate thing. Uh, you it's, love it, you, it, yes, exactly. And I hate now, them. Yeah. Next year, Trevor Lawrence is gonna come out. Who? Oh, obviously, obviously. Mm-hmm. But who else is coming out of the NCAA uh, that so, we need to keep an eye out on? Because right now, the yeah, Trevor's the only all one all that I've ever yeah. listened to. Tre- by next Running year, back. Trevor might be the best quarterback prospect in recent memory. Like well, in. We're we're talking Peyton, John Elway, like people have been saying best prospect ever, and he it just so happened he arrived early, true freshman as a quarterback, and so we have to wait forever to see him. Um, 
So definitely Trevor Lawrence, number one. Uh, a lot of people have Justin Fields from Ohio State up there as probably the next best quarterback. I don't know. Uh, his tape is is not consistent enough for me right now. I think he's got to brush up as a passer a lot better. Um, because of course I've you know KJ Hill is my guy, so I've I've seen plenty of Justin Fields so far. Um, gosh, there's uh, a kid from Stanford, uh, KJ Costello. Yeah, he's he's okay here. I yeah, I I'd, I'd have to look at it, but no, there's it it's it begins and ends with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, because well, I, I think. get that first is really there'll be making making some stupid there's gonna be someone uh someone out for sure those are the only guys that i think will are for sure in the first round conversation right now well, and was, I mean, to be, to be. Yeah. So, I mean, if you got a guy that comes in and then all of a sudden he's been sitting on the bench just waiting behind one of these guys that's coming out this year, mm-hmm. Jake Fromm's understudy might come forward and be the next big thing. Oh, exactly. There would be someone come out of nowhere. That, so how the NFL is moving when you got a, a lot of mobile guys, but they have to be able to pass too. Kellen Mond from Texas A&M is one to keep an eye on for sure. Okay. Um, he's been starting for a couple years now, and um, I think if, if he shows improvement, he could very well put himself in that first-round mix. Okay. That's not he, interesting. He's kind of exciting. Sam Ellinger from Texas. I think he's, he came back to Texas for 2020. He's another one to look at, kind of a dual threat. But well, an, another one, uh, I heard Peyton Ramsey put in his uh, – Transfer. He put himself into the transfer portal. Uh, do you think it, he's NFL caliber at all? I don't know. He doesn't I – don't, I don't know that he does enough to incite being an early pick by any means. Maybe he works his way into camp. I mean, David Blau got, got – Onto a team. I don't know why Ramsey couldn't. Um, Dan Orlovsky got on the team. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dan Orlovsky was the best quarterback play the Colts had in 2011. Mm. <laughs> I, in my opinion, he made those he those was, games that year. No, he was his no games were, were watchable. <laughs> he was no Kerry Collins. Yeah. All right, so one more <laughs> question for you. Uh-huh. Do you think the Colts should sooner or later get another running back? That see that is one thing I've been tossing over because they're they're, they're set in good shape for 2020. Also, Marlon Mack, mm-hmm. thousand yard rusher, Naheem Hines, very dynamic. I love Jordan Wilkins. Jonathan Williams is a free agent, but I think he's either restricted or exclusive rights. So, no reason to think he might not be back. I I like I like this running back class. Uh, but I don't know that I would go ahead and get one this year. Okay. So there's but, no one that there truly. There's no one that truly excites me. There's guys I really like, 
but there's not there's not that like no doubt guy. That playmaker. No, like Travis Etienne from Clemson, Clemson. But he's yeah. not went back. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, he went back. But if we're talking next year, I think that's we the, don't know what the Colts running back group looks like next draft. Yeah. This this draft, I'd leave it alone. I think they're in really good shape. I was but, but here's something too to think about. Is it if they get because of the devaluation of the running back position as a whole, mm-hmm. you take that into effect and they get a chance to pick up, say, a, a Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. or a DeAndre Swift. I've thought a lot about in, that. Early in the second round. Yeah. Maybe not with that number two pick in the second round, but later on at the next pick. Do you think that would be worth the value to take the guy at that pick? I, I really I really don't know because – I so Jonathan Taylor's going to wind up being my top running back. Um, I have him there now, and I don't really see anyone overtaking him. Um, could his career projection be better than Marlins? Maybe, uh, but he's also he's coming into college with a lot of wear and tear. He's he's got around nine hundred touches in his college career already. Yeah. Um, Marlon has proven to be the Colts' best running back. I mean, you, Jonathan Williams was good when Marlon was out, but you could tell a difference. And then when Marlon oh, got back, right. it flipped a switch again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. It wouldn't be a wasted pick, but you're not seeing the fruit of that right away. The true value of that pick. Because yeah. so Marlon is going to come up on free agency as mm-hmm. well, so you don't know what that looks like. So then, in that I instance, Taylor. I, I don't – see, I don't know either. It just depends on the price tag. So, do, Wilk, okay, Wilkins, right, because mm-hmm. he's a he's a pass catch running back, correct? He can. Yeah, okay, yeah. so yeah. why – like, I was talking to my sister the other day. She's like, put Wilkins as a well, – that was hilarious. <laughs> we got to have a special episode with him and just his sister. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, me and my sister, sister we talk- was putting him <laughs> – in this place, <laughs> that girl's smart. Well, so we're talking about putting Wilkins as a, a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Can you can you think he can fill in that position as a slot receiver? Like, so I can see Hines. Hines, Hines are was, was Hines, it Hines. Hines, yes. It was Hines. Yes, it was Hines. So I'm Hines sorry, is not Wilkins. Pass catching back. Yeah, um, Hines. I've I've thought of that before too when they've had injuries to mm-hmm. Chester Rogers, Paris Campbell, so on and so forth. Um, I don't know. I think they like to keep him at running back to keep the defense honest because he can break off some some runs. I I think they have a certain way they have their backfield structured right now that they like. Um, you obviously have Marlon Mack as the starter in the first, mm-hmm. uh, you know, power back every you know early down guy. Uh, Naheem is probably technically your second running back because of how often he's out there yeah. in pass catching situations. And then Jordan Wilkins is the direct backup for Marlon Mack, and right. they weren't well, there. Well, to me, he's he's more of their short yardage guy when Mack needs a, a break, a breather. Yeah, yeah. John Jonathan Williams, while he did returns, he did great. Yeah, but um, he he got as much playing time because Jordan Wilkins was out in that first game that Marlon got hurt. And then Wilkins came back, but I don't think he played the game after because he had an ankle injury. Yeah. So Jonathan Williams did very well, but if Wilkins was healthy, those probably would have all been his 
Yeah, race. he had he had back to back hundred yard games. He he looked really yeah. good. Yeah. May look really good because we have one of the best offensive lines out there. He and did, but he, he did a lot of his own work too. In that Jacksonville game where the Colts rushed for over two hundred yards and Mack and Williams both went over hundred. Williams looked really good. He broke mm, off a yeah. couple nice plays. Well, I, I'm, you got to be happy for a guy like that who. That was the game. Who was that? He he really proved himself to the league in, in yeah. that in that one because he's bounced around the league and this like is technically is the fourth season since college. I yeah. think so. Finally, finally doing something. Well, so the same with uh, Sam Fran's running back. Moster, yep. Yep. Yeah. He bounced around and then exactly. finally got. Some guys just have to. They they have to hit the right system and be given the opportunity, and I I think Kyle Shanahan circling back to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kyle Shanahan can. I think he can put pretty much any running back in a position to succeed based on their strengths because he can do anything and he can scheme up anything in the run game. He and most are always. Under, been I think a fast he understands guy. the run game more than most yeah. offensive coaches. Yeah, yeah, um, but no, I, I think. Kind of like that, Williams just got put in the right situation. The Colts are a ground and pound team. They've got they've got interior linemen that can go out and pull and get out in front of of guys on the outside, and I think that works really well for him. Well, and that being said, there's there's a couple of running backs that are free agents this year. One notably being Derrick Henry. He's not and let's now, now, now. I'm just I'm just throwing <laughs> in some devil's advocate <laughs> stuff out here. How do you think he would fit into a system like what we have, and would would that be an upgrade? I'll be. Mm. be a, I think that'd be upgrade. Got to be an upgrade. It's an upgrade. I'm, yeah, I mean that's probably an upgrade just because um, when he's at his best, there's almost no one better. Um, and he seems to hit that stride at the end of every season. The last three years, I think, especially the last two, he's gone to another level at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can only point at a couple of guys and be like, this guy's as good as Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, so it's probably an upgrade, or probably would be, but I, that is the Tennessee Titans, at least on offense. They can't let they cannot yeah. let him go. It's it's like Dak, like you said, Dak. There's someone yeah. that you just cannot let go right. because yeah. he is Tennessee. When you think of Tennessee Titans, you don't think about the quarterbacks. But tell me, right. tell me that doesn't make your mouth water to see that. I mean, yes, by, it does. Oh, I, I, I'm rubbing my hands like, oh man, you know, like, I'm like, <laughs> now because you got you, you have the one-two punch right you think, there. You think Quentin yeah. Nelson was saying, "Run the damn ball." He said, "It he, he gonna oh. say, run the mother ball." <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna have it put on the back of his jersey, his yeah. game day Run jersey. Run the ball, yeah. <laughs> I mean, because yeah, if that would have happened. Yeah, it'd have been that would be a scary combination right there. All right, yeah. you guys. I I hate to do it, but we're we're getting pretty close on time. Okay. Uh, I know there was a couple other things we wanted to bring up here at the end of the show, Coach. Um, but Jake, where uh, where can everybody follow you and your writings and your and all the work that you do for the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, well, everything I do is on Colts.com, um, on Twitter at Jake Arthur NFL. Uh, same thing on Facebook. Uh, right now, I'm just kind of um, really digging in and and trying to get as many draft prospect scouting reports done as I can, especially before the combine. And where are you, where are you uh, posting those at? 
Uh, so I am probably not going to post those. Um, what? <laughs> no, not 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 the prospect profiles. There's a scenario where I might do it closer to April if I feel I've uh, if I've done enough. Um, I've tossed that idea around a lot. I've I've thought about doing my own draft guide, but I I don't know that I'll be able to have enough done you, first. You want to do that? Yeah. I have basically two full time <laughs> jobs. So that's yeah, hard to do. Um, but no, that's that's kind of what I'm doing right now. It's just a lot of draft studying. But it's a lot of work, but it, man, it's a lot of fun. I do I do love doing. I've especially hit a groove in the last four or five days. I've I've been especially the the quarterbacks and running backs. I've really Oh, they're fun to look Watched at. a lot, yeah. It's a good year for it, too. It, yeah, absolutely. Both positions, for sure. Now, do you have to find your own tapes and of all these players, or does the organization say, hey, Jake, here's this, 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 and this? No, so what I've, what I've always done, um, there. so now there is a group of guys, uh, they're a godsend. Um, they, they have their own draft database that they've compiled. Um, prospect profiles in their own tape I, I'll, I'll watch their their game film um, I do my own profiles on players but I'll watch their game film it's it's in just invaluable work they do it's uh, Jesse Fritch and Mark Jarvis I believe are the guys who run that but can't thank them enough for the work they and their team do because the content they have makes it possible for, for now can anybody follow yeah. the, these guys in their content? Yeah, they, they have their draft database. If you go follow them on, on Twitter, uh, you'll be able to find it pretty easily. But no, it's it's a free open database. You go and uh, check out their work. It, it used to be there was a website called Draft Breakdown with all those tapes, but it shut down for whatever reason, and those guys kind of took it on their back to kind of carry the online draft community that way. So. That that's, that's cool. where I get most of, of the awesome. stuff I watch. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. Good deal. Right. Good deal. You coach Carver. You guys got any last questions for Jake before we put the beast back no, in the cage? I I think I've bugged him enough tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Me and <laughs> Carver was sitting over here playing cards while you guys were talking. <laughs> I can't play cards. We we, we hope uh, you guys were entertained. Hopefully I could be smart for you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, Jake, it's been an absolute honor to have you on again. And hopefully, hopefully we can do it again without such the gap. Oh, yes. yeah, for sure. You know, but yeah. we know, you, you know, you do basically have two full-time jobs. Especially you got a family. One, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and with our new technology we got, maybe we can that, Yeah, that'll be good. With our I'm FaceTime a, calls and everything. I'm a lot easier to get on remotely. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're a young show. We're learning. We're, we're, we're guys are doing up, a good job. Appreciate schools. it. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, but, Coach, you want to you wanna bring us home on this one? Okay. Well, we On this last part. Man, it's, it's okay. Just being a sports fan and, and a human being, a father, a friend, uh, it's been a, a rough week. For, for many of us, uh, Sunday we lost uh, somebody that was huge, an icon in the sports community with uh, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna. Uh, it's funny, the day it happened, uh, 
it was it was hard to find words to describe how I felt about it, and to you know what felt appropriate, whether it would be a a half measure or or maybe going too far because he didn't really know him personally. But I think, especially with a, a lot of sports celebrities, you see them so many times on the television. You see them in interviews. You follow them on Twitter and Facebook. And D-line sports. And you, yeah. You, you follow them around, and, and you feel like you know them after a while. And somebody like Kobe Bryant, who's – arguably, you know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And just being fresh in our minds from just retiring a couple years ago and then the day before getting passed by LeBron James and all the kind words that Kobe had to say to LeBron about passing him on the all-time scorers list, it, it's, it's, it's surreal. It really is. I, I guess is the best way to describe it. And it's still... It being almost a week later, still, it's still sinking in. And I think something, at least with me, it's made me think about, you know, friendships and relationships and, and how close we are with people and how you, we need to, we need to come together more. And appreciate who we've got in the moment. I agree. agree. Because you never know when they're going to go. Yes. You know, Coach Carvey, you you guys know me well enough. I I always try to find the positive in anything. And it's there. It's always there. You know, if you look hard enough, if you search hard enough, it's always there. And one of the positives that I'm pulling from this tragedy is the Mamba mentality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it is now being so embedded into everybody that we're going to see an upscale of athletes all the way around in every sport because of this man and because of the dedication that he put into his craft. And how does one person touch an entire world? He was an inspiration. Like mm-hmm. that. And, the, and to leave it all behind. You know, and everybody's still growing and getting better and making themselves better because of this man's mentality. That, to me, is the positive of things. Because before that, a lot of people knew about the mon- Mamba mentality. It seemed, but now the entire world knows. knows. It seemed more like to me before Sunday. It seemed more like a brand, like a I'm trying to sell T-shirts or tennis shoes or whatever, you know. But now, I think when you put it in perspective with what's happened, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, know, now the people it people are like seeing that he really lived that mentality. Yeah. He really lived that work ethic. He really put the time, energy, and effort into yeah. his craft to make him the best that he could possibly be. And we, as sports fans, in every sport, are going to be gifted by that because the caliber of athletes that will be coming behind with that mentality 
yeah. is only going to make the sport better, sport funner to watch. So, zones to me. Well, yes, this kind of touched me kind of hard because um, Kobe Bryant was my idol. You know, it was the three people that I grew up watching was Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, and Allen Iverson. Those were my three favorite people. You know, yeah. and the day of his passing, I found out I had a nephew that was going. I'm going to be having a nephew. And you know, that was just like it was like a blessing and devastating. But also, I said it's more of a blessing because I'm gaining something. And when I called you first, Patrick, you was like, "See this? Don't mourn. Celebrate the time that you have." And what you got insane, like love come together more you're correct one thing i'm saying right here when you trying to check on somebody or anybody everybody just don't send them a text call them go over to see how they doing because like i tell everybody we are on borrowed time you never know that's why i tell my wife and my four beautiful kids that i love them every day because you never know i love everybody even we just met you i just met you jake I, I love you, brother. I love you, coach. Love you, Pat. Love you, Tony. Love you, Christian. I love everybody. You know, because the way he, what he left behind was something special. He was a mentor. He was a father figure. He was an idol, someone like follow his footsteps. Like I said, yes, he made mistakes, but he was mad enough to face it and move forward. You know, he touched people in hockey tennis uh soccer uh golf you know all over football it's he was worldwide known and loved and appreciated so not only my condolence go to vanessa and her kids it also goes to everybody else that was lost in that helicopter because his daughters and her uh the two other teammates the little girls they lost they their life was just beginning you know and to the uh, the rest of the families, my my condolences go to them. But um, yes, I love you, Stephen. <laughs> uh, but I want to say, everybody, no matter what, have that menta- uh, mamba mentality because what that means is go hard every time. Go hard. Anything that's put in your way, any challenge that you have in front of you, that means you give it 150% and go harder than the next man because you never know. You want to be remembered. If you want to be remembered about something, remember, be remembered as the hardest worker that you ever bit, ever could ever done because that's what Kobe was. He was the hardest worker. He was the first one in the, on the court and he was the last one. He always won. Anytime he faced somebody, his goal was to destroy you. That was his goal. That was Kobe Bryant's goal. He wanted to destroy you. So everybody, whatever you do, just go hard at it and call your loved ones. Call everyone you haven't talked to in a while. Just tell them I love you because we're on borrowed time. But on that note, that's my final words. Rest in peace, Kobe, and everybody else. For some reason. I'm not following that. I, I am. Because <laughs> for some reason, I hear Kristen. Give me that damn pen. So give me that damn pen before we close the show off. (laughs) This ain't showing gum. True. Oh, you. Oh, she'd be down here whooping your tail. Yeah. (laughs) 
But anyway, the, uh, it was good final thoughts there, Carver. Thank you, thank good you. Good final thoughts. Jake, you know we always end the show with final thoughts, and you're welcome to yeah. share some final thoughts with everybody. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, um, I think I just echo what everyone else is saying as, as far as Kobe goes. I mean, kind of in, in the modern world, we probably become a little desensitized to death because, you know, it's – it's broadcast pretty much everywhere we look and uh you know on, honestly this this one on sunday that was that was really jarring um oftentimes when you know a celebrity you know of passes you're like oh that's too bad you know but, but this one i just i had to stop and like i had to absorb that and you still you can't really absorb it but we're also scrambling for more information because mm-hmm. there's conflicting reports about everything but you know Growing up, I, I played a lot of basketball in front of my house. Uh, you know, Kobe was always one of the, the guys I would try to emulate. You know, there, I remember he had this, this game-tying shot in the 06 playoffs against the Suns. You know, he was scrambling out around, fading away, and, and nails it right off the right elbow. And I used to always picture that one in my mind and, and try and hit that. And then any of his dunks or layups, you know, I'm, I'm a – pudgy white kid i gotta you know lower the goal to six foot and then you slam it home you know do the yeah made me feel good about myself but no that's that was one of my sports six idols foot, growing up but you know in, in the basketball world a lot of people are kobe people lebron people mm. uh, michael jordan people i I've always loved LeBron since he was in high school, but I never, I, I never chose sides and like wasn't a Kobe person. You know, it's he he was a very inspiring uh, player and athlete, and like Carve said, his work ethic was second to none. Even mm-hmm. when I am like scouting football players, I, I want to know: do they have that like killer mentality like Michael Jordan had, like Kobe had? Do they want the ball in their hands at the end of the game? are they even willing to relinquish that opportunity at the end of the game? Like, no, like, does, does this player, does this player want the entire onus on them? And Kobe's the first person I come to mind, like a ruthless competitor. Like you think like they may be a a jerk and you may hate them in the moment if you're a teammate of theirs or an opponent at the time, but their main goal is, is to succeed. So, Absolutely, I, I you know again it's hard to follow Garvey. That's that was, okay, that was beautiful, but no, I, uh, that 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 one was tough, and and uh, it still is. Yeah, it still is. And, I mean, he was so fresh in our mind because his career recently ended. It was yeah, not well, long four ago. Year, four years ago, we, we've been Carver? seeing him at games, and kind of most heartbreaking, we were getting to casually know Gigi because she was Just, everywhere with him. Yes. And, you know, your heart breaks to, to see that, you know, uh, one or two of her teammates were, were with them and their whole families, basically, their whole immediate families, basically. And um, that's, a, that's a lot of, I mean, Kobe and Gigi get the attention, of, of course, but that's, that's a, a lot of impact uh, in, in, in one event. That's a lot of loss that affects yeah. a lot of people, you know, because – those other people had friends and loved ones as well, and it's just the the whole thing all the way around is just devastating. No, you know, you didn't see it coming with any of those people. You know, they weren't sick for a long time. They weren't real old. They just in a snap. You know, they, they weren't exhibiting 
risky behavior. Right. Yeah. It's shocking, you know, yeah. like just very jarring event. I get, it's weird because I, I saw an interview Kobe did and he was talking about why he started taking helicopters. Mm-hmm. And he was stuck in the L.A. traffic and he missed one of the girls' plays. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I can't do this no more. I, you know, I got to be a dad. Mm-hmm. And that's why he started taking helicopters around so he wouldn't, so he could be a better father. Yeah. There was, and, oh, sorry. and yet it was the ult- it was the thing that took him out. Well, and and I believe his That's wife just, his mean, wife even made a statement afterwards that he understood the risk of mm-hmm. the, that form of travel, and they actually made an agreement together that they wouldn't fly together. Really? That way, if something happened to uh, one of them, one of them was always home. Yeah, one of them. See, would be with the you remember to me and and. I, don't take me wrong. I'm I'm not a Lakers fan. I never have been. I never will be. But I was a Kobe fan because mm-hmm. of the work ethic, because he wanted the ball in his hand and in the final shot. You know, those are the kind of athletes that I resonate with. Mm-hmm. You know, but the father aspect of I'm what I'm learning of Kobe now and, and the way he's picked up that dad title, mm-hmm. you know, from even when he was playing basketball to his last moments, the the dad aspect is what really, really crushes me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's you know what? You yeah. It's like, man, that's, you know, because my daughter's 17. She's going to be 18 in May. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not much more hold on her that I can have to protect her and, and to guide her, and man, as the dad part of Colby is really, really tough to swallow with this whole that thing. That second career was just beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was just beginning. Yeah. yeah, it was a video not so long ago where it was a wreck and Colby was outside in the rain helping the people. Yeah. Up. you remember that video? I saw that. Yeah, it was a wreck and Colby was outside, pretty much directing traffic and checking on that woman. It was raining, pouring outside. He was out there helping the people out. So Kobe was all natural, good citizen, good person, all good heart all around. Well, and he was a citizen of the world. Yes. The You're talking about a guy who I, I believe he knew eight or nine languages yeah. fluently. Yeah, because he was French and it was Italian. Italian. Yeah, it was, you hear that yeah. story about Luka Don, uh, Doncic. Yeah. One of his games, someone was speaking Slovenian behind him. And he's like, who, who the hell is speaking hey, it was, my it language? Was, it, was it was Kobe. Kobe. Yeah. It was Kobe talking yeah. to him. Wow. Yeah, but nice. That's what I'm saying. So you, it, it's just crazy because, you know, you never know about somebody. If I say, you know, show love to everybody. Show, speak out, reach out to the person, the next man. Just check up on how you doing because you never know. That's something that they may need to ha- hear. So I've been preaching that every time we talk about it. Every time. So, you know, I'm just, I'm going to keep on saying it. Show love. You know, check on your loved ones because you never know. All right. Coach, you got any anything you want to? No, I think that's it. Good in, brother. Uh, I hate to do it, guys, because this is, this is the funnest part of my week right here, <laughs> hanging out with you all. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really exciting anymore, you know. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to close it on that and. Should we do a a 24-second salute to Kobe or 
Uh, so quiet, just, I, quiet I second. And ended on a moment of silence and respect to Kobe Bryant. All right. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, um, and, and Colby, thank you. Thank you for what you did for the world, for all the positive that you brought to this world and the positive that you left behind. And on that note, you guys be good to each other. No drinking or driving. And as always, go Colts. Go Colts. Go Colts. Go Colts. Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're shut off, I'm not sure. I hope so.